0: It allows us then to start seeing and experiencing these needs of the people, um, as we've discussed. Uh, Kermit, West Virginia has been highlighted on the national news with this opioid crisis—a uh, tremendous need for recovery-type ministry. It, you know, um, they're they're hurting. Uh, there there are there are young adults dying through overdoses and. Uh, it we, we see it all the time on the news. I mean, it's epidemic proportion. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South
1: Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Always a pleasure, friend, to have you join us. And today we're really excited to have a longtime friend of mine, Pastor Thomas Foy of Kirk Baptist Church, Thomas and I go way back into the mm. early 1980s. Yes, we were students at Mid South Bible College, and uh, Thomas has been pastoring for many years since then. Currently, as I mentioned, Kirk Baptist Church, but he's had a journey of different pastorates that he's been, and God's led him in different ministry opportunities. Thomas, you met your wife Susan, yes. Susan Reeves. You were dating her. You met her at Mid South, and some folks know that I met my wife just prior to Mid South. But Susan and Pam were living in the girls' dorm
0: while we were attending school there. You were in the guys' dorm. I was commuting back and forth to South Haven.
1: I was just trying to figure out what I was (coughs) doing. I had been in academic poverty all my life, (laughs) so I entered into this incredible institution to study God's Word, and we had some wonderful Bible teachers back then. I remember Dr. Jim Allman, Mm -hmm. and he was just trying to finish his doctorate at uh, Dallas Seminary, (laughs) And he'd walk the halls of Mid South Bible
0: College with a Greek New Testament in his yeah, hand. Yeah,
1: oh my goodness, that takes me back too. And I remember we had a Henry Morris's book in the uh, the Gospel of John class, which you could choke a cow with that book. <laughs> we started out with about thirty something students, and within about two weeks, everybody dropped out. We had about fifteen, I think. Yes. I don't know why I didn't, Bill. I just thought I'm going to hang on for the ride. You know, see what happens. <laughs> Those were good days. They were Those some good, were day. good days. Um, Yeah, so we were talking recently on Pastors Forum, which I'm so thankful that you were able to join me for, sharing about the work and ministry at Kirk Baptist Church and how God has led you and your family, you and Susan. You have three children. Yes. uh, A son and two daughters. A son and two daughters. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Just for those that might think that pastor's life is just, you know, full of bliss and freedom (laughs) and everything's grand and great, you went through a really tough time with Susan's health. Yes. Not too long ago, yes. Last did, December, yes. And God did. I mean, it'll be a year this December. And I don't even know where she's at today. I know she's not where she was health
0: wise. You were going to Nashville. Yes. I mean, all kinds of procedures. She has her final um, follow up visit this coming December. Yeah, so it'll be a year exactly. But um, she had had some complications from a previous surgery. Ended up having. When we tried to go back to the, the surgeon here in Memphis, and um, were no that surgeon was no longer here. And uh, that particular group recommended that we look to go somewhere else because of the complexity uh, of the surgery. They recommended Vanderbilt, but then they also tossed out to us the possibility of Mayo Clinic or um, – oh, I forget the other one. But anyway, they were long distance, and – so we went to we went to Vanderbilt uh spoke with a couple different surgeons they felt like they could take care of her case of course she she had to go through months of of trying to to drop some weight so that the surgery would be much more successful um or the likelihood would be much more successful we get there last December if you've ever been to Vanderbilt I'm down in the main waiting room and uh it starts to get about eight o'clock in the evening and the time frame that the surgery was supposed to have been over and nothing. Um, I keep getting still in surgery, still in surgery. Finally, about 945, the surgeon comes out and he said, much more complex than what we expected. And it's going to mean a, a longer recovery time for her. Little did we know what was going to be time in the hospital turned into two full weeks a lot of back and forth of, of issues there and, and um they would they would do one thing and something else would happen and then they would try to correct the something else and then it'd go back and it was a lot of back and forth. Never was it really anything I would have to say life threatening that you know just put us really, really, really on a fine edge. But yet at the same time this day after day after day of how much longer what's coming next lord yes. you know what's what's going what's what's going to happen I and mean, you're
1: seeing somebody you love and care your wife yes. i mean and she's suffering yes. you know
0: and, and you, you want to remove that well and the frustration that built up for me personally and i tried my best not to convey that to her um was they as i said they would try to treat one thing and then end up something else would happen and they'd address that and then it would be almost back to where you were and this back and forth back and forth back and forth praise the lord today though um she she's doing well um there there's still some minor issues but compared to where she was was, the surgery itself was successful yeah and so um there's some other things that have come about that we do not think or attribute to the surgery itself. Uh, one of them was already in existence prior to the surgery, so we know it was not related to the surgery. She is uh, she's able to enjoy our two granddaughters and lift them up and hold both of them, and and uh, so she's we're blessed. She's able to be at home and, and be with them and have an impact in their life.
1: Thomas, isn't it so special to see? You know, I have two granddaughters also. I love it when I see my wife interacting with those girls, yes. you know, yes. doing
0: things together. It brings me so much joy to yes. watch that, yes. you know. And, and just to realize when my daughter comes in, there's three generations there together to know the impact that my wife had on my daughter. And now my daughter's having on her daughters. But for Susan to be able to have that same impact and reinforcement into our granddaughters' lives. Yeah. Uh, special, special blessing.
1: You know, and that is why we have to take serious our responsibility as followers of Christ, our families, the heritage and the legacy that we leave and how we guide yes. and how we instruct. And I, I think sometimes we waste a lot of time or maybe don't take
0: that role very serious. If you go back into the Old Testament, and I know we're living in a day where there's folks that they say the Old Testament has nothing for the church today, but I believe that there's some principles within the Old Testament that's very, very clear for us that, um, if the sins of the father can be passed down to the second and third generation, what can the blessings of a father, what can the yeah. blessings of a mother yes. be, be passed down to yes. the second and third yes. generation? Yes. The psalmist said, You know, we have a goodly heritage. And, uh, 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 pro- our, yeah, Proverbs talks about, uh, that our, our kids are like arrows in a quiver. And the way the parents point them, the way the parents, Project them as heirs, uh, thrust them out. Has has a big big part and impact in their lives. It
1: really does. Uh, there's something aside from the responsibilities of being a full time pastor and taking care of the folks at Kirk Baptist Church. I mean, you take on another role as you help connect with this ministry called Rural America Mission yes uh
0: so what is your responsibilities here i'm serving as director a long distance director uh rural american mission is in kermit west virginia it is on the kentucky west virginia line uh in the heart of the coal fields, in the heart of appalachia um has been in existence now for since the 1950s um has had, in years past, has had a school based ministry, has had a mailbox club, um, had two church missions that are now, um, self supporting autonomous churches that have, have been birthed out of the mission. Uh, it is independent in its affiliation, however, very, very conservative in its Bible doctrine and belief. And, um, uh, It is faith-based, and so all of our support comes from gifts or folks that become aware of the mission, and we also have field missionaries that are serving there, and that that helps my long-distance role.
1: (laughs) Well, another really incredible part of the story is your wife Susan actually grew up her dad, for thirty-eight years,
0: was the director of his mission. Yes, he served as missionary first, and then moved on into the role of field director for the mission. And uh, there's a governing board that, of course, he was he was accountable to in the midst of that he pastored both of those mission churches sometimes he was preaching four times on sundays uh <laughs> midweek services one would be on tuesday night one would be on wednesday night again as i said right now the the churches are self-supporting they have their own pastors and they have their their own missions our ties with them we still carry out ministries together yeah uh, but um we're at a point now where we're looking to try to birth some new some new bible study groups and hopefully begin to plant some some new churches
1: what about the foundation of Rural American Mission? What was the concept, the idea? Who initiated and got this off the ground?
0: There's a long history of it. What I'm aware of, uh, being involved with it now for about 35 years, thirty, thirty-five 35 years, um, there was a group of ladies that sensed God's leadership to um, purchase some land. There was an old what we would call Mountain Farmhouse that was on the property. It's no longer there. But um, they purchased, came together, uh, arrived in Kermit, purchased the, the property and the house, and they were the ones that would go to the schools, and, and, and they were known as the Bible teachers. And, um, of course, as they got older, their health started to decline. Uh, they reached out to, to a, a gentleman by the name of Paul Bowman, and um, Paul is now with the Lord along with his wife, but uh, he was the director when Susan's parents came in to serve as as missionaries. And um, the name changed from, it was founded under the ladies, the name changed to Rural American Mission under his leadership and has remained as such. And uh, then that pretty well catches us up when, when Paul Bowman became ill, Mr. Right. Reeves stood up, uh, stood in as director and everything.
1: You know, when you think about missions and you think about going to different countries and reaching different people groups with the gospel and being integrated into different cultures and different languages, you know, I'm sure the people of the area where you minister there in the Appalachian had their own culture, you know, maybe they even had their own language. (laughs) Uh, What's life like there?
0: Well, as far as language, let me just say this (laughs) comically, um, Susan, anytime we go back and stay for an extended time, uh, she has to reprogram her dialect (laughs) from uh, uh, southern West Tennessee to from Mountain West Virginia. Uh, But... um, Having the Lord allowed me the privilege to serve two churches in eastern Kentucky for about 10 years. We were about an hour away from the mission. And, of course, we would go over and visit with Susan's family. But it gave me a taste of, uh, for 10 years somewhat of the culture, even though I was not directly at that point affiliated with the mission other than by family and by kin. Um, you're right. there There is a different culture. Um uh, that's one thing I've got to say about that in the culture, though. Very strong family units, very strong family units. Um, and because of that, you you see a lot of, of um, resistance to outsiders. That has been some of the hesitancy about Rural American Mission because so many of the people that have come in and served have come from the outside. So I guess trying to gain their trust is Absolutely. it's going to take some time. Absolutely. It yeah. does not happen overnight. What are some of the steps in trying to gain their trust? What has been a benefit, is even though the mission and our missionaries have to be uh, faith-supported, um, it allows us to, to get out into the community and... Most of our missionaries have picked up a secular job in addition to their ministry responsibilities at the mission. Susan's dad, as a, as, as we've discussed, drove a school bus. And you're talking about a, a tremendous opportunity. He not only got to meet moms and dads, whether it was good or bad, reporting kids, he developed those relationships with those boys and girls yeah. as he, as they were getting on and off the bus. And so that solidified that trust with him coming in as an outsider so quickly that even today he's known as the the preaching bus driver. He's <laughs> retired back home in West Tennessee now. But, you know, his reputation, his, his witness, his testimony for Christ yeah. uh, was established even to outsiders beyond the work in the ministry of, of Rural American Mission. If you trust somebody with your children
1: yes. and they maintain that trust, you can probably have incredible inroads yes. in, into building relationships. Yes. Yeah, totally. Okay, so you're a distant director. How often do you go and participate? What do you do as the director? What do you do throughout the year with the ministry?
0: Obviously, I have to be careful of my, of my ongoing ministry here at Kirk Baptist. And uh, the church is very, very gracious and understanding we we have quarterly board meetings, so I'm usually up there a minimum of three times a year, most of the time four times a year. Um, I'm thankful that we have a, a, a board that oversees that includes some local people that while I'm away, they're they're coming in checking on property. They're coming in checking on the mail. Uh, we have a, a licensed CPA on our board, and um, she handles all of our finances. I don't have to fool with any of that. Yeah and um so that is part of her ministry and and she offers that to us and and we're we're grateful for it.
1: Thomas what about unique needs? What specifically might be unique to some of the needs of the
0: people there in the Appalachian? Of course our first and foremost well Pretty well equal, as far as a priority need, both financial needs. If anyone would ever desire to contribute to Rural American Mission, we we are a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization. We we maintain the records. We would get acknowledgement back if folks would like to give contribution to Rural American Mission. But also we have we have needs of of actual missionaries on the field. Uh, so much of that work need someone that's focused and intent
1: and hold on one second i think i should have been more specific when i talked about the needs there you've got to have the people to come do the ministry but kind of paint a picture of what life is among the people you're ministering to okay. what they're facing there i'm i'm working yeah. my am okay. working my way down okay good it. we're working on but
0: uh, but you know financial personnel right um groups coming in and this is this is getting more specifically to okay. your question. Uh, we typically have groups come in, especially if youth groups are interested in coming to Appalachia and um, serving in the coal fields. Uh, we have the two churches that have been birthed out of the mission uh, are open to groups coming in, doing day camps, vacation Bible schools. Uh, the city of Kermit proper, we have conducted day camps on their city park property. And uh, so there's some opportunities there for ministry, and in the midst of it, uh, it allows us then to start seeing and experiencing these needs of the people. as we've discussed, uh, Kermit, West Virginia has been highlighted on the national news with this opioid crisis uh, a tremendous need for recovery type ministry it, you know um, they're they're hurting uh, there there are there are young adults dying through overdoses and uh, it we we see it all the time on the news i mean it 's epidemic proportion um, we have We have attempted a clothing ministry and um, most most folks' are, or needs are being met through various organizations up there that way. We are hoping to start focusing more on um, toiletry items, uh, cleaning goods, that type thing. Um, how, how remote are the people living? <laughs> well, it's interesting. Most residences, as we call them in the hollows, uh, are, are in mobile homes, uh, not so much by choice, but because your coal company still maintain the rights of the property. So they allow you to if you could build a permanent structure, but if they come in and say, Hey, we we want our property back and we're gonna start mining, logging, whatever that structure is going to be destroyed so most people opt for mobile homes simply that that way if that ever happens they can get out and be out of the way and you may zoning ordinances there's really not much on zoning zoning ordinances like we have here uh you may have a a house trailer here but then you may have a a mansion from a, a coal executive a quarter mile down the road um very rural uh most of the the buildings take place in the in the bottoms of the hollers where it's the flattest. Um, tremendous tremendous uh, beauty, especially. We just came back for last weekend. Uh, we were a little past peak, but there were still pockets where it was still great beauty. Oh, I bet it was. Um,
1: and, so, and the safety of the miners too. I mean, you know, you hear these stories, and sometimes they get big national attention where a cave collapses. You yes. know, and you've got family members, those you've been ministering to that yes. potentially are stuck down
0: there. Yes, and you never know when that's going to happen. Of course, for even us here in West Tennessee, you never know when you're going to get into a traffic accident or a tornado or, or an earthquake. You just never know. And so that is a, an element that that entire population, when their loved ones go into those mines, they know they may not come back that day. Yeah, so the ministry
1: to the heart, communicating Christ and what he mm. offers us through his yes. death, burial, and resurrection. That's so important to get that message out. Like yes. you said, because that message is important wherever you are, our listeners right now here in Memphis and beyond, but it's so important to have that solidified. Yes. Because when dad walks out, kisses his wife and maybe says goodbye to the kids or drops the kids off at school
0: or mom does we don't have that guarantee. And it's, it's not only the the brevity of life. You end up that um, these miners, they go in underground, and yeah, there may be a collapse that would take their life, but there could also be a collapse of, of, a, of a rock wall or something that uh, ends up injuring them and debilitating them for the rest of their life. Then it gets into the full support of the family and meeting those needs after injuries like right. that. Wow. Okay, so now is there a website for the ministry that folks can
1: get details and more yes. information?
0: Uh, Mission dot com is is our website. Uh, the one that is most current and most up to date is our Facebook page, Rural American Mission, and um, it should have a picture of a cross and the silhouette of the of the of the mountain ridges. Um, then our email is ram for Rural American R A M Church at hotmail dot com. Thomas, you have any stories, just as you have invested time
1: and your family has gone and ministered to the people there, any standout stories to you in
0: particular? Oh, my goodness, Byron. There's, there's so many I could tell, um, and, and really so many of them come back to what we discussed earlier. There is a – once that trust is developed and the common bond that is ours in Jesus Christ – arms are open yeah um they, they know you're there to to help and not to take the biggest issue we face uh, you know and i and I'm, i realize there's differing denominations and differing beliefs but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy and and doctrinally in the mountains and um so that's something that that has to be overcome as well but um the once that trust is earned and the love is 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 evident, I could call anyone now in West Virginia today and say, "Hey, I need you." And you got a friend. I've got a friend. Yeah. You
1: know, I was just thinking too as you were talking. I bet you've got to have some incredible Appalachian music some good hill gospel sounds I mean it is there some fiddle playing and bluegrass yeah.
0: mandolins uh yes it, it happens um <laughs> but like here too they they yeah. love good southern gospel music yeah it is it is nowhere near as as backward as what we used to think of the Appalachians and what is portrayed unfortunately still today on t v um, yes, there are some poverty cases and but at the same time the 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 dirt the dirt houses um pretty well non existent anymore. Um, they do have electricity. They do have electricity. Running water. Do have running water. The mission itself has Wi-Fi, so that keeps me connected even though I lose cell phone service as soon as I cross the West Virginia line. But um, there are some amenities that are there. The mission The mission itself has a dormitory that will house uh, 12 men, 12 women, or 20, 24 of one or the other. Um Multiple showers, restrooms, a full kitchen where meals can be prepared if a group would like to come in and minister. And so a lot of folks think, you know, uh, that's that's just too rustic for me. There are some conveniences today that, that <laughs> used to not be there. There
1: you go. Well, I tell you, as we uh, wrap up our program today, let's bring it back here to Memphis in this area as the pastor of Kirk Baptist Church. Give us a word about the ministry there, what folks can experience when they come and opportunities for ministry at your church
0: kirk baptist church is is uh, i like to call it a growing congregation went there almost nine years ago there was 2030 in worship we're now running a little around 100 120 in worship um we've developed a a growth plan and we're in the process of, of seeing another phase of that happen um our sunday school we have Traditional Sunday school, it is age-graded for all ages at 945. Our worship is a more traditional-type worship. Uh, that does not mean, though, we don't occasionally pull a guitar in or uh, do a soundtrack and a more contemporary type of song with the choir and that type thing. So, uh, But it, if somebody comes in, they can pretty well expect more of a traditional feel to a, to a service service i just uh, i try to be i try to be honoring to the lord but at the same time i try to be informal as well and a lot of folks say hey you know you're you you do more teaching than you do preaching well i can always consider myself more of a teaching pastor than a preaching pastor but paul wrote in ephesians he said the role of pastor is pastor teacher yeah and so uh, (laughs) um And that's been something that has been my heartbeat for a long time, is to even from my years in youth ministry, is, is to see m- believers mature and become reproducing believers. And um, the, I believe that's the biblical full cycle yeah. of, of of a child of God.
1: Okay. Now, if folks want information about contacting you at the church, uh, church website, Facebook?
0: Okay. Of course, they can give us a call at 854-5884. Uh, our location is at 6365 raleigh La Grange. We are in Fayette County, just outside of Collierville. Um, I run into Carville all the time. Can make it in about ten twelve minutes, so uh, that's how close we are. Our Facebook pages, uh, just like with the Rural American Mission, is Kirk Baptist Church. We live stream our services. If somebody wants to, to scope us out Check before, up, they come. before they come, yeah, and, and we're having folks visit from that, and so we're we're rejoicing that there are people watching and 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 coming and. Being physically in the service, yes, and uh, we do have a website kirkbaptist.com. dot com needs to have some updating done, but it is
1: out there well. Wow. Thomas Foy, God bless you, my brother. Thank you so much for stopping by, hanging out yeah, for us. I uh, enjoyed it, brother. Recorded a couple of pastors' forms that'll be coming up the next couple Sundays. But uh, I thought, hey, I could use you today. <laughs> but really, I wanted to share your heart about the Rural American Mission yes. because what a great opportunity to reach some people, and just like everybody else, need to hear the gospel.
0: Yes, and and just like here, um, three out of every four Tennesseans are probably lost. Wow. Um, there, there are lost in West Virginia that still need to hear. Um, so our main focus is to share the gospel, but yet at the same time, we want to see people grow in their faith and then also continue to, to reach out and hopefully plant some new, some new churches and new works as well.
1: Amen. Thanks so much for stopping yes, by, sir. Thomas. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.